This episode of Sexy Marriage Radio is brought to you by the Sexy Marriage Radio Academy. Are you wondering where the spark went in your sex life? Well, you can ignite it again. Join the Academy, connect with us, connect with other people in the community, and experience results. You can find passion and connection in your marriage again, and you can try it free for 30 days. Go to simplemarriage.net forward slash SMR Academy. So those of you that aren't able to see us record, my wife's got the head bob going back and forth as the music playing. I love that rhythm. Well, welcome <laughs> to Sexy Marriage Radio. It's Dr. Corey Allen, and alongside me again is my wife, Pam. Hey, good to, good to be here with you. And we are having straightforward, honest conversations, because what we believe and where these conversations head towards is that married sex is the hotbed for sex, because it is blessed, it is sacred. And it can be just fantastic in married life. Absolutely. And we want to help people frame the conversation and possibly even have more of this in their own life because it does ramp things up and make things really pretty good. And so the shows that we do are really steered a lot by our listeners because, I mean, let's just face it, we have some sexy listeners. We have some great listeners. And they send us emails, and they call us on our voicemail line, and you can do one or both by calling at 214-702-9565 or emailing us at feedback at sexymarriageradio.com. And I have to give a quick shout-out, even though our sponsor for this uh, week's episode is the Academy, which is really worth jumping in and trying it out. Um, I'm... This is a two-pronged sales pitch, shameless, same, shameless plug here for a second. Easy um, for you to say. Yeah, very easy. It just rolls right off the tongue. Well, um, is the idea of jumping into the academy and trying it out for 30 days for free just to see what it's like. Uh, as, start as, as far as Sexy Marriage Radio 3.0 is unfolding and starting to take more shape and mm-hmm. will be launched uh, in the near future, uh, the academy is going to be a huge benefit yeah, yeah, for, you're adding a lot of new for the some plans new to we're going to be heading. Mainly, um, we're going to start video recording all of our episodes too, and the academy members will get access to the video, both pre and post content as well from the show. That's going to be great. And so there'll be a lot of added value. But the other thing we're going to do, and this is where I'm going to encourage you to get in there now, is the price for the Academy is going to go up and the 30-day trial is going to go away. <laughs> so right. so this is one of those, uh, try it out, see what you think. But there's going to be a whole lot more content coming. And then the other plug I'm going to do is for the getaway because that's fast, fast approaching and shaping up to look like it's going to be a great four days, June 21 through 24. Yeah, we're looking forward to that. So feel free to register, please, uh, simplemarriage.net forward slash getaway, and you can find information that you need to make an informed decision. So here's something that's come through the inbox quite a bit through the course of uh, the six and a half years Sexy Marriage Radio has been in existence, and that is this whole idea of uh, perhaps we're just not sexually compatible. And these are usually from emails that have come in from... Uh, listeners or people that have been married for quite a while and things have fizzled or there's problems or there's struggles. And so where they tend to land is perhaps we're just not compatible. And so what I want to hear from you, Pam, just as we kind of start this deep dive of a conversation is when you hear compatibility, what do you think? What do you hear? 
I think of two things working together. You know, I'm thinking of software working for my computer. That's actually part not, of Webster's definition. Is that right? Right here, one piece of an, an ability of one computer or a piece of software, etc., to work with another. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, I mean, I'm thinking most of the stuff I do with um, with, with everything I do, it works well on a PC, but not quite as well on a Mac. Yep. And everything you do with the sound and all that kind of stuff, it works better on a Mac. You yep. get, you you get driven nuts by you know PC world. <laughs> And so there's things that work better on both of those systems. Yep. Uh, so that's the, the first thing that comes to my mind when I'm thinking about compatibility. And, and certainly the hardware and the software and those things have to have to work together to make things run smooth. Yes. And that's that's interesting because if you do look, if, if you just look at the dictionary word definition of compatibility it's the state in which two things are able to exist or occur together without problems or conflict without problems and i okay. want to table that because that's going to we're going to pivot later um as we try to apply this to marriage okay but it, it, i don't know compatibility it, it's interesting because the other thing if you th- if you put it in the context of sexual compatibility just look at biology what do you think of well i I think that there was a penis that was made to go into a vagina. It's a pretty good fit. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, obviously you could have variations. Sure. That it is possible he is too large for her vagina or vice versa. She's too large for his penis or he's too small. Or, I mean, there's all kinds of variables. Yeah, you can have some physical things that, that maybe don't exactly jive. Mm-hmm. Um, they're not two perfect puzzle pieces going together, certainly. Uh so, yeah. so that causes some problem and some conflict that I yes. guess we're going to come back to some of that. Yes. So the other thing then, if we're talking about compatibility, because the, the emails that have come in, feedback at sexymarriageradio.com, have all been on the idea mainly usually of sexual compatibility. The other thing I've seen through the thread of emails, if I was just to search with that term, is we're compatible in a lot of other areas, but not in this one. Okay, like sexuality specifically, right? And I, I think of that really in it when it comes down to its its desire differences, or its novelty differences, or its just a depth of connection differences when it comes to the sexual component of their marriage. But they do life well together. Okay, you know they they do parenting together. Okay, so I you specifically asked me what I thought compatibility was. Sorry, I'm kind of flipping this here, but you're, you're going into it a little bit, I think with the questions you're posing to me, but what are you saying compatibility is then when you're talking about the relationship aspect? Okay. See, I think compatibility, if I'm not going to go with Webster's dictionary definition, because I think compatibility is the room that we create for the differences. Okay. Go dive into that that, further. Okay. So ultimately speaking, I think there's a synergy between male, female. I mean, if you go all the way back, Adam and Eve, you know, look at the story of creation. If you, if you have a biblical worldview that Adam was, was created, placed in the garden and he was alone and he was lonely and he was intended to get his identity and his feelings and his worth and his value and his source of all of things in life was really from his relationship with God. But yet it says pre 
uh, early in Genesis, pre-fall even, it says, I'm lonely, God. He kind of cries out, says, I'm lonely. And so God creates Eve after Adam names all of the animals. And I think that was a task that was might have been the first assembly line job, actually, that Adam's sitting there naming animals as it comes as they just pass in front of him. <laughs> okay, that's a long job if you think yeah. about it with all the animals that have been out there. Um, and so then all of a sudden, no suitable helper or help meet was found. So Eve was created after you know Adam was put to sleep, rib was made, fashioned into Eve. Eve was presented to Adam, and he actually then sighs. It's, a, it's the first scripture. The scripture. In, the, in Genesis, it's actually like the first poetry of the Bible, where he says, this is bone of my bone, and this is flesh of my flesh. Flesh. Basically, he's saying, this makes sense to me. She makes sense to me. So there's a compatibility already of, look, there's a synergy between us. You make sense to me as a man, because you're of my kind. Even though you're not a man, but you're of the human species. And so you make sense when I compare you to all the other species on the planet. None of the others have the appeal. Okay. And so I think of it as, yes, there's a compatibility and a synergy in the sense of we are the only two of our species. But I think when we're talking about relationally speaking, compatibility is about differences and allowing room for them. Because if we go by Webster's definition, this is not human terms. This is about atomic and computer software and a like-mindedness kind of a thing to a degree, but where it says a state in which two things are able to exist or occur together without problems or conflict, that immediately wipes out marriage because marriage is problem in conflict. It, certainly it is. <laughs> so I mean, is parenting. <laughs> so is compatibility more of a, uh, does, does it necessary? well, this definition says it has to have harmony and without problems, but when you're in a relationship, can you still have compatibility and not and, and, not and, be and have major, problems, right? Like it not be a major conflict? Right. So you're going back to your definition is that you're, it creates, uh, it's room that you create for the differences. Right. So what does that look like if we're saying we're compatible? What is that room really? Okay, and that's and that's where this whole discussion is going to reside for each individual unique couple. Because in some regards, a couple could have a vast gap of compatibility as far as they have a huge differences and that's okay. I mean, I've heard cuz look okay, so look at it this way. We've been we're coming up on 25 years together as a husband and wife. Yes. We've we've been pretty ingrained in each other's family of origins and their patterns, and you know we know I know your family, you know mine, all the different patterns. We've we've been around each other's family a lot. Well, I've heard stories from clients that when they go home for holidays, where the same situation we do we have, where our our extended family is all in the same town, basically, yes. you know, especially grandparents are. So when they go home, even after fifteen twenty years of married life. He stays with his folks. She stays with her folks. They don't stay together. Okay. And to me, that's kind of like, you. the first time I heard that, I was like, what? That didn't make any sense to me. But to them, it's a compatibility thing. Yeah, it's that's fine. just what they do. That's just what they do. I would have a problem with that. I would say we're not compatible. Okay. So we're going to have a variations based on values, based on 
um, preferences based on a lot of factors that it comes down to probably how big of a gap that is, is what determines how big of a problem we've got when I'm coming at it from my perception of what I think normal or should is. So when, when emailers or clients <clears throat> use this compatibility issue, right. say that we have a compatibility issue, is it usually about sex Yes, most of the time. I mean, if you look at the, the major hot buttons of, of what we struggle with in sex, in relationships most, it's sex, money, children, in-laws. And so if I've got a problem with one of those, that's a, that's a bigger deal. If I've got a problem in household chores, that's, that's just kind of doing life. You know, okay. it's not as big a deal. Uh, it can be, depending on the importance of a person's cleanliness of their house and the chores and everybody doing their fair share. But... It, it is that idea of, I mean, to kind of spin the question you're asking a little bit, um, the idea of when someone brings that up in an email, because the stuff I've seen at feedback at sexymarriageradio.com, or if it has been brought up in my office, which is not very often that I hear, maybe we're just sexually com- incompatible. I hear most of the time that's an argument that someone's lodging as a way to help make it plead their case for why they want out. It's a justification for getting okay. out. Okay. If we're just incompatible. And it is possible you are incompatible. I'm not gonna I'm gonna let's go ahead and get that very, very clear. It is possible people are incompatible. Right? I certainly. Because you're talking certainly. about preferences and the way you do life. And if I was if if you were married to me and I was a guy that was a, a I was into polyamory and I wanted multiple partners and you're like, no monogamy is where I want to, I want to reside. Well, if I'm going to hold fast and you're going to hold fast, we're incompatible based on our Yeah, that's not, that's not going to fly. Right. And so that's a clear cut. Probably not going to stay together. Yeah. That's one where hopefully you figured that one out before the relationship (laughs) got very far. I guess that that's, I guess that's part of my question then is, isn't this a little bit of what dating is for? How much sure. how much of that do you get out of the way in a dating scene as opposed to wow, I didn't figure this part out till we got married. Well, and sure. I, I guess when you come to the sexual side, if if you're if you're people that really did wait until you got married, there's going to be a lot of aspects that never even came up beforehand. Right, you wouldn't know on compatibility completely as far as sexual compatibility other than the tension you had already of the sexual tension and the sexual drive and draw towards each other. That's a sign of compatibility in what you're going to be facing. Okay. But it's also skewed because both of you are on the chemically induced high of early and new romance. Right. But if you're looking at it, yes, I think some of this is where dating does help figure this out. Um, where you're starting to look for what are the, the aspects and let's, let's, let's pivot to this just real quick to help kind of lay, create the discussion the areas where compatibility can be an issue because it's not just sexual. No, no, there's got to be other areas. I mean, what is it that you mostly see coming through the door of people saying we're incompatible? This is just a, this is a hot button for me. Right. I just can't take it. We're, we're totally incompatible and this is pushing me to the edge. Right. And, and I think then you're looking at it. It's, that's the person's taking the stance of this isn't in, in in line with what my belief structure or value structure is of gender roles, 
of, well, no, she should stay home and do this. And so I mean, there could be commune compatibility because somebody's coming from, no, I'm the major breadwinner. You're barefoot, pregnant, and in the kitchen all the time as my wife. And so those are some areas. Yeah, I guess some of that's coming from family of origin, how they... Sure. Well, brought up this well, all of, of this yes. is coming from family well, of origin okay. to a degree. Point taken. <laughs> to a degree. True that. Um, the importance of romance is one. I mean, we just did a kind of a quick internet search uh, as we were talking about this show. The role of, of extended family, money is one. Because yeah. there could be, I mean, you and I have been down that path before of should we save? Should we spend? What do we earn money for? Is retirement, does it all go to retirement so we're safe or... Do we enjoy some of it now? Yeah. Do you have your money? Do I have my money? That kind of thing. Exactly. Lots of people, I see that walking through my office all the time. <laughs> well, mine too. Right. Sure you do. <laughs> so, but then you just get into preferences of life. Here's one that's kind of interesting because I, I do think of this. People don't frame it in a compatibility argument in my office, but there are a lot of people that sit on my couch where one of them timeliness and punctuality is of utmost importance and they're married to someone that is habitually five to ten minutes late oh so they're just fuming right they're coming to the counseling session late now that just sets them off even more they usually make it to the counseling times on time which is oh is that right interesting okay thing. but it's one of those where one of them no 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 if i'm if i'm on if i'm 10 minutes early i'm late is kind of the philosophy they've got of no no, no i'm ready and and so I don't know. You just think of this, and to me, this is this is where you and I, in our conversations we've had uh, off the air and on the air, it it really all is going to come down to perceptions. Yeah, that's what it's going to come down to. Because look at this whole life you've got together. That is there biological. Let's just let's just land on the sexual compatibility air arena. Okay. Is there biological issues of incompatibility? Meaning, does your penis as a husband not fit into her vagina? I mean, certainly there's going to be those situations, right? Mm -hmm. Don't you? I guess I would think in those, while that could be a disappointment, there's, I mean, what, we have how many episodes here? And... uh, and and so many of them talk about there's some alternatives, there's things oh, sure. that we can do. Other things you can do other than penal vaginal intercourse. Right, right. And so what else is going on in that marriage? Right. Are, are you in sync? Are you compatible in every other way other than that? those two body parts not tying together? Well, I think of it as it's, to me, it's not biologically that they're incompatible. Okay. It's, it's that... They're not, it's the frequency that's not compatible. He wants more access or she wants more access. And that's what's driving this bus. I want to, uh, it, this is a perfect fit of penis and vagina. And I want to practice that fit more. And she or he is, nah. And that's what, that's why then they're lodging this incompatibility argument. Because it's a frequency thing. It's a preference. I mean, that's where Schnarch talks about, he wishes that God was actually, you know, would have created or has made a comment that it would might have been it might have been better if God created women with two vaginas. They could give one to their spouse and keep one to themselves. We wouldn't be fighting over the same or, same organ. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> but but it's that idea of most of what the, really drives the argument 
and why then we can start to skew it because we see it as an issue is I'm just not having enough or it's not to my liking or it's just a obligation or it's not erotic enough or it's not emotional enough. And Therefore, so it, we're incompatible. Right. So it becomes a preference. And that's what we're really talking about is preferences here, not compatibility. True. When we talk about all those different topics there, whether it be money or timeliness, that's what it, here's what I, here's the way I like to have it, Mm -hmm. or here's what I think our goal should be, or here's what the way I think we should do it. Right. Because if you go back to the definition where two things can exist and occur together without problems or conflict, tell me an issue in marriage that does not have problems or conflict. So we're all incompatible, so just suck it up and deal with it. Is that pretty much what you're saying? (laughs) This has been a great show. Thank you for listening. Uh, (laughs) No, I I think it's really just, let's just frame the conversation a different way is what the hope of this show is. Okay. Is is to come at this from the mindset of, and this is even John Gottman's work, because John Gottman, if you're, if you're new to Sexy Marriage Radio, welcome. If you're not, and you've hopefully heard of John Gottman, he's a marriage researcher. He's been studying research with some longitudinal data and research he's been conducting for over 40 to 45 years okay, now. Okay, back it up, because what is longitudinal well, data Longitudinal mean? means it's over a long period of time, where he follows the same couples for an extended period of time. Okay. So he's followed some couples for over 40 years. Okay. And from the data, he's been able to find a bunch of things about what makes marriages succeed, how we argue and what that what kind of problems that causes, but the one I want to use for this show is the idea that two-thirds, roughly 63% of the issues we face in marriage together are unresolvable, meaning we will not see eye to eye on them. And so it's worth understanding that's the playing field of this relationship that we call romance and love and Hollywood has rainbows and butterflies and all that kind of stuff associated with it. So in 66% of the things that go on within our marriage, we're incompatible. Well, if you go by this definition, yes. Yes, because it's but, not problem-free, right, but not I don't, conflict-free. Right, but I don't want to go by the definition of incompatibility. I think that's too, that's, it's almost a, a, an easy way out. Okay. To, to, to frame a deeper discussion would actually be, okay, how do I just make sure these are preferences? How do I just make sure their values? How do I just make sure that's what I'm lobbying this on rather than a compatibility issue? Because if I come at it from compatibility and that's my argument, I'm really probably trying to change your mind to help me be, feel more com- comfortable and compatible rather than really challenging mine. And that's the whole crux of this thing is I can do everything in the world to try to change you, but none of it's going to work ultimately. No. I can't change you. I don't have control over you. So it comes down to how do I control me and challenge me? And so if I can frame my conversation and my struggle and the problems that come inherently in a relationship, how do I look at this as, okay, it's not incompatibility. It's just preferences. It's just differences. It's just, I don't even know what a different word would be, but it's just, it's preferences. That's where I want to land. Well, yeah, and my perspective of how I look at the way you're looking at it. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Because he, so here's the, Gottman even talked about, this is from one of his research studies. It says the perception of personality differences, not the actual differences, is the key component for its predictive ability of relationship satisfaction. 
perception. So perception is reality. That just goes, I mean, yep. that phrase has been around forever, right? right? And so it's only when it's not going well is it perceived to be due to personality. But in reality, there's always differences in personalities and there's always differences in values or or frequencies or, you know, routines and traditions. And there's always differences in this. I mean, we see these all the time yeah. in the way we parent yeah, and the way we do life and the way we handle schedules and all the different things that happen in life that it's when I see when things go wrong, that's when I can all of a sudden now I try to shore up my side of things by using this, oh, well, maybe we're just incompatible argument. Yeah. Bring the other person. <laughs> yeah. Try and bring the other person to their knees. Yeah. Well. Because if you say we're incompatible, that just sure feels like I just can't be with you anymore. Yeah. That's what it, sh- that's what it sounds yeah, like. If, if I'm hearing that on the other end of a conversation, it sounds more like an ultimatum. It's a way to shore up my side of the argument so I maybe feel a little less guilty if I choose to pull the plug. Yeah. And I, I don't want to discount the fact that there could be times and there are times where incompatibility is a factor because value structures have changed so much or they were so far uh, out of line and I just didn't know it going in enough or wasn't willing to confront it well enough going in that my gut is, yeah, we see life so differently, I'm going to move on. Right. I guess don't. If what you're trying to say is don't throw that around loosely. Well, I think you use that as an argument of that's the that's the decision you've got to make if you want to make it. It's not a weapon to use with your spouse. Yeah, what? But what I've been hearing you say when you're you're talking about um, emails that we get are such that many times it it's just looking at it's your perception mm-hmm. as opposed to really being incompatible. So. <sighs> Are we throwing around a word that maybe sounds more severe than what it is? Okay, maybe, and 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 that's where you know this is where you get into that whole the whole conversation about how the meanings matter and the words matter of what we say, how we say them, and I think maybe where we should land this whole conversation for this show is how do I challenge the meanings and how I say my arguments to myself am mm. i quick to go well maybe we're just incompatible my hunch would be are you also quick to go in other areas where you're not to blame but you do play a role though and you are to blame mm. <laughs> and so maybe you're quick at work if something goes wrong it's not your fault it's someone else's well you played a role in it you were a co-creator of it maybe even a co-conspirator and so, how do you, I, I guess it's how do I how do I start to earn how do I challenge my own level of personal responsibility for my own lot in life? Okay, because it, it would seem to me that it's not too far of a stretch that if I'm quick to blame others, I'm going to do that in all areas of my life, not just marriage. Yeah, that's with anything. Right. Yeah, if I if I'm a humble person, I'm a humble person all the way around. <laughs> it, 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 yep. it goes both ways, yep. right? Absolutely. Yeah, I Absolutely. don't I don't pick and choose which areas of my life that I'm gracious or 
humble or quick <laughs> right. to anger. It's just right. we are what we are. Right. Yeah. And it, and it comes out and is revealed most in married life because we can't hide in marriage with our spouse because they see it. They know it just because they live in such close proximity to us. Yeah. But it does come down to, I guess, the, the challenge would be when, it, when you start looking at your married life is think of the hot buttons that you've got in your marriage, of the issues that you could easily jump to maybe we're incompatible, and ask yourself, okay, is it really a compatibility issue by Webster's definition, or is it just a difference? And how could I allow a little more room but still have influence for what I want? Uh, I'm, I'm going to throw out here solutions. We always tell our kids, come up with a solution. <laughs> right. So if I'm saying we're incompatible, but really based on what you're talking about, yeah, okay, two-thirds of what we're dealing with is going have... to be these issues that are unresolvable. Right. So... What solutions can I start coming up with? Yeah. What solutions can I bring to the table and not just throw out the, well, we're incompatible. For my own lot in life. Yeah, that's what comes to my mind. And let me just kind of wrap it up with this since we started it. We wanted to land this whole show on the idea of sexual incompatibility. What comes to my mind is a a husband that was in my office years and years ago. And he was frustrated because there was not enough sex according to his liking and frequency in his marriage. Okay? So okay. He, he had gone on and kind of set the whole stage with me. He's talking about all these things, and it's all geared towards his wife's not interested. She's always unavailable. She's sending signals, all these different things. He's got all this data. And after about 10 minutes of it, I finally was like, you know what? Hold, stop. When's the last time you initiated something? When's the last time you actually tried to have sex with your wife? And he gave me just this deer in the headlights look because he couldn't remember how long ago it was. Oh, <laughs> so well, it's like Eureka! Hold on, we've got to be willing to confront our own path in life better to to challenge things. And I think that's this whole conversation: is if I'm quick to blame my spouse, what's my role in it? That's where that's where Sexy Marriage Radio resides. Is what's okay. my role? Because if I'll challenge that, I have complete control over what I can choose next. All right. Well, this has been Sexy Marriage Radio. If we left something undone, 214-702-9565 or feedback at sexymarriageradio.com. Thanks for taking some time out of your day to spend it with us. 